So most of you know that I have two children, two sons, and most of you know them, which I am grateful for. So my boys are seven years apart in age, and Marnie and I have often talked about, because of that, how we have two only children. They are two very different individuals in this world. Harrison, our oldest, is a rule follower. He was a calm and gentle child, at least to our memory. Harrison rarely misbehaved. And when he was in his toddler years, Harrison only received a timeout maybe just a few times in his whole life. Our youngest son is quite different, Finn. Finn, who is running our soundboard in the sanctuary this morning, so he's going to love this. <laughs> Finn was the child that was always pushing the edge. We laugh when we say he was passionate about everything. He would do things seemingly just to test us or to elicit a reaction from us. If he did not get his way, he could be well heard anywhere he was, especially his screaming fits here at church. Now, I told you that Harrison only had a few timeouts his whole life. There were times that Finn had a dozen timeouts a day, often. Well, there are also other stories about the differences of our boys. And one of them is that Harrison never liked to be away from us. But Finn, however, loved to be on his own. And I remember one time Marnie called me from home in an absolute panic because she couldn't find him. I asked her if she had looked outside. And sure enough, Finn had gotten out of the house, walked down the street to sit on the curb, and watch the cars go by. He was three. There were times I told myself that I didn't, if I didn't love him, I'd have to kill him. Well, he doesn't really test us like that anymore, at least as far as I know. But you probably have your own story, either you or your kids, about a time in your life when you were lost. It's a terrifying experience, right? Now, the reception of being found by your parents or your finding your children maybe did not exactly mirror what was proclaimed in our gospel reading for today. But nevertheless, when you were found or when they were found, there was relief, along with maybe the shaking of the head or wagging of the finger. But I asked, do you really remember the moment that you were found and everything was okay? Whether you are the oldest, the youngest, the middle, it doesn't really matter. All of us really do know what it's like to be found, right? But few of us, if any, really reflect upon the open arms, the comfort of being found, the joy and relief in the face of the one who has found us. Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So today we hear one of the most well-known of Jesus' parables, the story of the prodigal son. Often we hear this parable as a cautionary tale, right? Don't be like the younger son. But the truth of the matter is that like many of the parables Jesus taught with, we can often find ourselves almost in any one of the roles of the characters of a parable story. In this story, we don't want to be like the younger son, but the older one, right? But sometimes we are. 
Sometimes in life, we are in the role of the father. Sometimes the servant. And even, even other times in life, I'm willing to admit, you might feel like the fatted calf about to be killed. There are many ways in life that we can feel lost, like in this parable. The lost, the first son, was the immature, foolish, younger brother who one day came to his father with the premature demand for his inheritance. In effect, he was saying to his loving father, you're dead to me. I want what is mine. This disrespectful, selfish, and foolish young man quickly gathered all that he had been given and went off to a far land and wildly wasted everything. The second lost son, the older son, coming in from the fields, hearing the music and dancing, only to discover that his brother had returned and had not only been forgiven by his father, but had been warmly welcomed back in as a chosen son. His older brother, too, was truly lost in his own anger, his bitterness and jealousy. Truth be told, he was just as manipulative as his younger brother. He was seemingly unmoved by the warm love of his father who had pled with him, trying to melt his cold, unforgiving heart. But it is the essence of being lost and then found that I want to focus on. So our reading started off by telling us that tax collectors and sinners had gathered alongside the Pharisees and scribes to hear what Jesus was teaching. And we hear the Pharisees don't stand for it. They're grumbling. And the reason they have a hard time stomaching this is because they themselves have not experienced grace. They're bound by living against the demand of the law. And, or a better way of explaining that, what they themselves can do to believe that they can gain God's favor. Now the truth of the matter is that many people who claim, who claim to follow Christ in life in the modern day, live much the same way. Sadly, they don't believe that grace applies to them either, nor should it. All that they're about is making sure that their life is in order and they're living the right kind of life, that they can show themselves worthy of God's grace, to be able to show themselves worthy of such kindness and benevolence. To be sure that your life is squared away and that you were properly prepared. But they forget that they're sinners because they too have never understood grace. Many can be bitter and sour and there's no joy or peace. In actuality, this is what it looks like to live with the thought that you have free will which in the end is just your way of telling God, you're dead to me, I don't need you. You that are baptized into Christ Jesus, on the other hand, know the joy of being found. You know what it's like to have a father that has sought you and forgives. You know what it's like to be received by God when you don't deserve to be received in such a gracious and loving manner, brought back into the family rejoiced over and praised, just like that young prodigal. So our Lord reminds us, it reminds the Pharisees and the scribes, as well as those tax collectors and sinners that day, 
And he reminds us today that we who are gathered to hear have a God of mercy. Now, throughout the story, we continue to witness the generous actions of a loving and forgiving and seeking, finding father. He loves both his sons. He provides for and protects them both. He doesn't disown the younger for his actions or decisions, but he waited for his return, anticipated it, and watched for him. And then when he returned, he ran to him. He had compassion on him in such a way that it was just an all-encompassing, guttural reaction of love. And he forgave him, lavished him with gifts, and did not hold his recklessness against him. And at the same time, his love was great enough to also enfold the older son. When he learned of his eldest son's stubbornness and unwillingness, he went after him, encouraging him, seeking him, inviting him back in, and welcoming him back into the family. The finding father loved and desired to freely forgive the lost older brother as well. Now in the midst of your lostness, you too are reminded that you are found by God. It is in those moments of realization that the promises of baptism mean something. Because for each of you, I am sure, there have been many moments or events in your life when you say, I am lost and I don't know where I am. And the Holy Spirit interjected itself into your life and what you heard was, you are my son or daughter on whom my favor rests. You see, some of you, like the younger brother, have thoughtlessly and thanklessly taken everything to which God has given you and then recklessly gone your own way, done your own thing, as if God were dead to you. Some of you are like the unloving or unforgiving older brother who hold people at arm's length, those who are different, those who suffer because of their own foolishness. We go about our own daily life as if they don't count or they don't matter. But St. Paul reminds us from his writing to the church at Corinth today of a great promise which God the Father has given to each of us. And that is Christ became sin. He took on your sin. He took all of it and died for it. And the blessing that we cling to is that we are a new creation in Christ. We have received his inheritance. You and I can truly be thankful that we have a finding father who not only looks for us, but seeks us. The finding father in this, ver in this parable is the very present reminder for you that you have a heavenly father who loves, seeks, and forgives you when you are lost in sin and death. And he sent his son to make sure of this. He sent him as not only a promise, but a guarantee, a certainty, that he has taken this on himself and given you his righteousness. Because of Jesus, the finding father welcomes, forgives, and lavishes his blessings upon you. It is God who finds all of us, now may we discover that through this freeing word that we hear today that our mission and our joy is finding, inviting, and lifting others up who are lost. 
so that they can experience the promise, the certainty of a loving and merciful relationship with God. Thank God that you have a loving, forgiving, and seeking Father. Christ has given you your inheritance, and you are no longer lost. Thanks be to God. Amen.